This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining you as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, good morning. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you? Good. It's a little bit chilly out there, Naz. Uh... A little. Yeah. <laughs> I think minus it's, uh, 23 in Nobleton. Minus 23 in Nobleton. It's only minus 20 in Richmond Hill. So yeah. you, got a, you got a little bit colder up there. But fortunately, the sun is shining. I'm sitting here in my study looking outside. Uh, I've made it back to the studio. We're heading up on our two-year anniversary of doing this remotely, Naz. Uh, I don't know what Liberty Village looks like anymore. But uh, hopefully, hopefully... Spring is around the corner, and hopefully on Sunday mornings we head back down to Liberty Village pretty soon. Um, we look forward to that day. Naz, a lot of things to talk about, but uh, let our listeners know who's coming up on the show today. The Bobcat, Bob McCown. Uh, after the first break, we'll catch up with him. He's going strong with his podcasts, and uh, uh, which are aired on Sirius XM at 6 a, uh, I was going to say 6 a.m., 6 p.m. every night. On uh, channel 167, uh, Bob's still going strong. He's, uh, you know, got a lot of the usual guests doing it with John Shannon and uh, the cast of uh, uh, interesting guests that he's always had in the past. So uh, we, I look forward to the opportunity to talk. And uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago with the godfather of sports radio down in the States. Well, Bob's the godfather of sports radio in Canada. So uh, certainly looking, talking to him. And you know what? Naz, we haven't talked basketball in a while. We had Butch on the show a few weeks back. But uh, with the Canadian men's soccer team going strong, uh, basketball sort of taking a backseat. But the Raptors have been on a roll. Didn't get the result we would have liked last night. But uh, they were on an eight-game streak. And a uh, good friend of the show, I call him Mr. Mr. Basketball in Canada, Leo Routens. Coming, uh, coming on, uh, coming on the show at the back end of the show. Naz uh, Leafs out on the west coast. A uh, couple of interesting games. Before I comment, I'll turn it over to you, Naz. Uh, your reflection on last night's game against the Canucks and perhaps uh, the earlier game against the Calgary Flames. Calgary deserved to beat the Leafs that night, five two. But last night, Vancouver should have lost by ten. <laughs> that's how bad they looked, and they won. Their goaltender was outstanding. Demko was outstanding. But the Leafs were flying last night, Wally. They were flying. Yeah, they certainly they were they were flying. There's no question about that. And uh, you know we can't we can't get you know I mean uh, you know Leafs Nation gets you know every time they lose a game uh, you know oh my God they're you know they're same battle Leafs but you know that kind of thing. I mean it's an 82 game schedule. You know, you're not going to win every, every 82 games. I mean, there are positives from last night's game. There's some positives from the game against Calgary. We, we can we can focus on those positives. And, uh, you know, they out, they've outshot uh, 
between uh, between uh, Vancouver and Calgary, they outshot them 101 to 50. Didn't get a point out of either game, and the difference in both games really was the goaltending. Perhaps in the in the Calgary game, what may have changed that game is Calgary started getting physical with the Leafs, and uh, you know, yeah, that, the, sec- that, the second period on, they were better. Calgary. Yeah, and Demko last night. I mean, he was it was oh all God. world. I mean, <laughs> the Leafs outshot the Canucks last night in the last two periods, forty-one to thirteen. But you know, I mean, you know, the Leafs got themselves in a hole early in the per- in the first period. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't keep trying to fight back uh, from uh, getting down. Uh, I'm not going to get overly excited about a couple of losses, as you say, Naz. The Leafs were flying last night. They just you know, it was one of those nights. It was one of those nights where you just, you know what, the puck, the puck ain't going in, and you know Demko's standing on his head. He uh, and it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, they had all, you know, had all the opportunities, um, and it just, it was one of those nights. And you know, you you just have to. After the game, just get undressed, take a shower, and move on, and you know, worry about the next one. You got, you know, like I said, it's an 82 game season. You're going to lose games. Um, there's a lot to you see last night, but uh, you know, Leaf fans, uh, you know, we tend to, uh, you know, the, you know, especially the game in Calgary was a playoff style game, like high energy. And when you, you know, the Leafs get out in the West Coast, they tend to get a lot of energy in these games because there's so many Leafs fans in the. Uh, Vancouver was jammed with my you, know, you, you, so, you get so many Leafs fans in the uh, in the audience, and they're going, you know, they're shouting like crazy, you know. When there's a down moment in the game, go Leafs, go, go Leafs, go, and that gets the hometown crowd going. And there's a lot of buzz in these games. There's a lot of energy, and they're exciting to watch. But um, you know, if you're going to be critical of the Leafs, uh, I, you know, they're on pace. They're on pace to have a record season. You know, they are. Um, 114 points. Yeah, and um, you know, two two losses, but you know they'll they'll, they'll get back on track. And uh, I'm worried uh, about the pace, goalie. But, sorry about ahead. the goaltending. Oh. Sorry, your point now. I worry worry about the goaltending. Uh, I'm uh, I'm there. You know, there's there's a couple of areas that you know least fear least fans are a little bit fearful about, uh, for lack of a better term, concerning. Uh, because you know we're trying to evaluate this team during the regular season, but we also understand this team's going to be measured by its success in the playoffs. And you know, you look at you know, you look at the Eastern Conference. Uh, there's no easy matchups in the playoffs, and you know, and you look you look at who they're going to have to face, and you look at the Leafs team, and you understand that playoff hockey is different. And you start you start worrying about the goaltending. Let's let's address your point, Naz. You know, Campbell Campbell was all world up until about a month ago, month and a half ago, uh, and now he hasn't played well. He was playing fantastic. You know, made the All Star game. Uh, he was playing fantastic. Um, you know, but uh, like I said, the season's got its ups and downs. And you know, we if he can play like he did earlier in the season, this Leafs team can go deep into the playoffs. If he keeps playing like he's played in the last month, you know, where, you know, giving up five goals in a game is not unusual, there's going to be a lot of nervous Leafs fans, Ness. Uh, I don't think Mrazek's the answer. I think Mrazek is a fine goalie. Uh, I don't think he's the one that's going to take you to the promised land. As we've seen in the last two games, 
sometimes these games come down to who's got the better goalie. And certainly the last two games, the Leafs have not had the better goalie. Um, you know what? He looks, he looks smaller than that for some reason. Well, he does look small. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you side and, them up against him, you know, looking at Demko last night, and you, you, know, you understand why Leafs are frustrated. I mean, you know, there's, there's much... You know, if you're going to beat this guy, it's almost like you got to beat him with a perfect shot. You got to pick those, you know, like those. You got to shatter those little plates in the corner, in the bottom and right hand corners. There isn't, there isn't a lot to shoot at. Um, Campbell, yeah, seems to be smaller of stature. I'm not exactly sure what he's he six foot one. He shouldn't be that smaller than that. I'm a, I'm a parent. I had a goalie as a, my son was a goalie, right? Yeah. Alex, and uh, he doesn't look big in that for some reason. He looks like uh, Curtis Joseph, not uh, a big guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm not so that. sure. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't look big. Maybe it's because he, in comparison to the other uh, beach balls that exist in the NHL nowadays, <laughs> with the with the size of their equipment. I mean, you look at some of these goalies. Like you, you say, how, how, do, how do you score on them? You look at Vasilevsky in the net. I mean, those pads look like they take up half the net. Um, yeah, I mean, there's something about Campbell's stature, and it, you know, six foot one is pretty imposing. Uh, but compared to some of the other goalies in the league, uh, maybe we got to bulk him up a little bit. I mean, I'm being facetious, but yeah, uh, I, I just, I mean, let's concentrate on. We've got to get uh, Keith's got to figure out a way to get Campbell playing like he did before. Otherwise, we 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 have to Leafs fans have to be concerned. You can't go into the playoffs and ultimately the first in the playoffs, series would be a yeah, though, yeah, Toronto it, and Tampa in the first series. Can yeah, you it, it, it's pretty difficult to win a playoff series when the other team's goalie is playing better than yours. That's. Uh, that's a tough road to uh, to hold, Naz. And uh, the other part about playoff hockey in this Leafs team that's got me concerned, two areas. Grit, uh, they look great flying around last night, uh, no question. But come playoff time, is there going to be that much room on the ice? Uh, the other teams get gritty in the corners. The Leafs' defense tends to be on the smallest side and not on the physical side. Um, not a criticism, but a concern. I guess the other concern is, uh, you know, you, you look at some of these games and, uh, you know, overall, the Leafs team and, you know, you look around and uh, the commentators are suggesting the Leafs are one of the better teams in the league. Uh, you know, they asked Bruce Boudreau, who's now the coach of the Vancouver Canucks, and he's got him in the top four. Um, interesting that he made that comment. But, you know, the Leafs are earning a lot of respect around the league for their play. Um, you know, we can sit here and be critical, but they are – you know they're they're considered one of the top echelon teams, and considered a team that should be contending for the Stanley Cup. But you know we microanalyze these things now as we look at these things from the Leafs. You know we've been bitterly disappointed. You know in in the last uh, you know ten years when we thought that they could have advanced, and uh, you know you look at some of these blown defensive assignments, mistakes at the wrong time, and you just you know what. You got to tighten it up back there. You can't afford those mistakes in the playoffs because they'll kill you. Yep, the yeah. Leafs need to uh, get back on track, and they will. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, uh, as Leafs Nation um, suffering last year's disappointment, uh, uh, we are cautiously optimistic and guarded, and 
there's a lot of good things to see with this Leafs team, but there's some things there that can be disconcerting at times. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we march on, and uh, hopefully the Campbell uh, rediscovers his earlier season magic. And uh, but they are certainly, you know, watching Austin Matthews play at this level um, is is incredible. Marner's been great the last uh, since he's come back. Nylander and Tavares. Um, I mean, there, there's talent there that is worth the price of admission when it's going, but especially Austin mm-hmm. Matthews. They're, he's, they're uh, an exciting team. They're a very exciting team, Walt. Yeah, there's, uh, they're, they're, they are certainly exciting to watch. On that note, Naz, uh, we've got the Bobcat, Bob McCowan. So uh, let's catch up with him. And it is Super Bowl Sunday. Just before we go to break, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, we didn't even get to chat about that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I call it almost a national holiday in the United States, a cultural institution. Um, and uh, why don't we talk with Bob about uh, a little bit about the Super Bowl and some other things. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked, Do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A large thin crust is just $16.99. One bite and you'll say, Lew, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, and on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I call him the godfather of sports radio in Canada, the legend himself, Bob McCowan. Bob, as you would say, greetings and salutations. How are you this morning? The two must be very desperate to have me on again. (laughs) 
You haven't changed at all, Bob. It's, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, it wouldn't be the same world unless we got your, we got your wit. Thanks for joining us. Uh, how are you, my friend? Uh, a little under the weather, but uh, hanging in. I uh, want to catch up with you. You're still going strong on the Bob McCallan podcast uh, with with Shannon, and I know you're on Sirius XM, 6 p.m. Uh, every weekday on Channel 167. I understand the podcast is hitting it out of the park, Bob. Uh, we're very happy. It's, uh, it's going well, and the um, audience has increased uh, steadily and quite dramatically of late, so thank you. We're very happy. And uh, just to let our listeners know, uh, you uh, you know, I, I, you, you you go we go back to the old days on on prime time, and you had some great guests in those days, and uh, you're still uh, talking to some of the same old uh, stalwarts you had in the old days. Uh, yeah, we um, fortunately, I guess, when you do this for long enough, you establish relationships. And Naz, I'll turn it over to you. The soccer team. Sorry, Naz, we just missed the first part of your uh, what, party question. What do you think of the soccer team, Bob? Well, I try not to think about it at all. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to, uh, you know what, Bob, that, don't cop out on us, okay? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I hope you think about it because they're, they're starting, we can have, well, you know what, maybe this is a debate we'll have right now. Uh, Ken, and we've been talking about them quite a bit. Uh, I know that you haven't been the biggest soccer slash football uh in the past, but uh, you have to be impressed with this team. Come on. Well, I, uh, they've they've sucked me in. Uh, I admit, <laughs> and I've watched uh, every game. And um, looking I mean, now, we got to wait till March, I guess, uh, before they can clinch this thing. But um, obviously, they've been very, very impressive. And uh, we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly keep uh, keep you uh, up to date on everything soccer, Bob. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's been around since 1967, I believe, was the first one. Uh, the Packers in Kansas City, except the first two weren't called the Super Bowl. They were called the NFL-AFL Championship. Super Bowl Sunday is, they call it a national holiday. They call it a cultural institution. Uh, it is, they call it the most important sports day in the world, uh, uh, except for the fact that if you uh, are a football fan in the European sense, maybe the World Cup final is. But Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you've been around it for a long, long time. Um, how important a day is it? Uh, is it? Is it something that's beyond just a football game? Well, it's just, it's become a social event. Uh, I think it's a day. I think I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it's a day where you know you gather with friends and sometimes enemies and um, sit around and watch the game and uh, eat ridiculous amounts of food. And uh, so it's become more of a social occasion. And, and look, there are millions of people who have no interest in the National Football League who won't watch a single game during the regular season or even the playoffs. But they know when Super Bowl Sunday is. And, uh, you know, I had for many, many, many years, I had uh, Super Bowl parties at my home. And it was invariably the same. There was, you know, there were piles of food. And the guys would sit in the family room in front of the big-ass television and, and watch the game. 
and the girls would stand in the kitchen and and yap because <laughs> they had no interest in the game or knowledge of the of the game. And then the only time you got together was for the halftime show because that, that that's really what the women in very almost invariably were interested in seeing. And uh, and so uh, that was. That was sort of an annual right for a lot of years at my place. Favorite po- favorite Super Bowl story, Bob? Um, well, I guess I actually went to, uh, I believe, the first Super Bowl party in Las Vegas. And I'd like to tell you I remember the year, but I don't. Um, but it was either late 70s or early 80s probably late 70s and um, it was at Caesars Palace and it was a grandiose event I don't know whose idea it was but uh, they flew in all of their high rollers from all over the world and they threw a bash that was um, well second to none it was <laughs> it was mind-blowing um, they you know they took over a, a large convention room they had huge screen monitors, televisions um, around the whole room at a time when that was still pretty uh, interesting. You know, we were we were you know today. You know, you can see you can watch a game on any size monitor and, and not think too much of it. But back then, that was a big deal. And the party were there were huge round tables. Um, the meal was filet mignon and lobster. Uh, There were bottles of Dom Perignon in the middle of the table. As fast as those bottles were emptied, (laughs) a waiter would come flying along and replace that bottle. And of course, there were no, there was no charge for this. You were, you're an invited guest of Caesars. And uh, the entertainment, if I recall correctly, was the, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were there. And, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just blanking on the, on the, the music entertainment. Pointer Sisters, that's who it was. And they were actually there. They were physically there in the room. So it was, a, and of course, around the exterior of the room, there were gambling tables. So if you, if you were bored with the game, you could go and roll the dice or bet on, on some cards. And it was, uh, it was something. Uh, I went back a couple of years ago. I got invited to go back for a, a Super Bowl party at the same place. And how things have changed. There were thousands of people. Oh, and I should tell you that, you know, the first one that I went to, it, you know, you dressed for it. So you were, you know, you were in a suit and tie. <laughs> Excuse me. Fighting a cold. And, um, and this time it was people in shorts and blue jeans and no filet mignon or lobster. It was chicken fingers and hot dogs. So uh, I couldn't possibly have been more disappointed. <laughs> My expectations had been raised to you know, a very high degree, and, and I came, it came crashing down. And I actually wound up leaving at halftime, going up to my room and watching the, the rest of the game in my hotel room. So that'll tell you how exciting it was. But it's, you know, it is what it is. Yes. 
Nez? Your thoughts on today's game? Nez, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Your, your thoughts on today's game? Your today's thoughts game? on today's game? Yeah, I, um, I don't pretend to be, you know, an expert. I've, obviously, I've watched all the playoff games. They have been unbelievable. Uh, and, and with more than a share of upsets. I don't think anybody predicted Cincinnati would get to this game. So I'm reluctant to say I feel comfortable in this, but I think the Rams should win this. Um, I think they have superior talent, and they have um, experience, too. And they have have a significant number of high-profile impact players. And this is the type of game where those kinds of people generally merge. So I think the Rams should win this. I actually think they should win it comfortably, but with what we've seen the last three, four weeks in the playoffs, anything is possible. Your sense, uh, 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 your sense, Bob, uh, of this Super Bowl. Of course, you know you get into all these parlays and bets, and there's zillions of different angles to all these things. But one of the big stories. That's going to come out of this Super Bowl. One of the things I'm looking at has got nothing to do with the game. It has everything to do with the ratings. And uh, read quite a few articles this week. Uh, they're trying to they're trying to figure out uh, where the ratings may come in this year because you know uh, the ratings for NFL football this year were generally good, but over the course of the last couple of years with COVID and everything else, maybe not that great. Are you getting a sense that the interest? in the game this year is as as high as it's ever been or uh or is or is it perhaps a a lesser lesser amount of interest i don't really know the answer to that question here's what i can tell you and i think everybody knows this uh the la market is one of the strangest markets in in um, in all the sports you know if it's uh if it's cool or you know rainy or whatever then LA fans will pay attention. If you know, if they wake up on Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday and the weather's nice, uh, they've got so many options to be outdoors. They may choose that over watching the football game. They aren't real. Pa- they tend not to be real passionate fans. And of course, at least to some extent, the market is divided by the fact that you've got two teams there now. So um, I don't think it's you know it has nothing to do with the game being there. But the Rams being in it, I'm not sure you're going to get a huge bump there. Cincinnati is one of the smallest markets in in the NFL. Uh, So the suggestion on those two fronts would be those are not the two best teams you would want in terms of ratings for the game. Having said that, the games leading up to the Super Bowl have been so spectacular that maybe that will sway a significant amount of additional interest uh, from people who are, you know, lukewarm about it. But I don't, you know, there's no way to know the answer to that until uh, until tonight. Bob, I have to ask, this, this question just popped into my mind right now. Uh, I've got to ask you, um, have you uh, do you have a rooting interest in any NFL team? Have you ever been a fan? I'm sure you have been, but uh, are, are you a fan of any specific uh, team in the NFL? Yeah, I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan, and principally, well, for two reasons. I mean, number one, I was born in Ohio, but not in Cleveland, so I don't have any connection that way. 
But I grew up in an era where Jim Brown was playing for the Cleveland Browns and the greatest football player, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. And um, this was, of course, before the Bills had their franchise. And so on a regular basis, on uh, Sunday afternoon uh, in Toronto, we would get Cleveland Browns games. And that sort of became the hometown team, at least for me. And so I steadfastly remained a Browns fan, which is sort of like being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. <laughs> <laughs> or a Buffalo, a current Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a, a franchise that is, you know, I don't know how many franchises there are that have never won a Super Bowl. There aren't many, but the Cleveland Browns are one of them. Well, uh, technically that's not correct. <laughs> and you know, you know what I'm alluding to there. No, what the, the Cleveland Browns franchise won a Super Bowl. The only problem is they were in Baltimore at the time. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, well they went to Cleveland Browns, so that was that was that. Uh, which 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 doesn't settle very well with with Cleveland Browns fans. But you're absolutely well, no, that right. was that a hole uh, model who stole yeah. the franchise from Cleveland and moved it to Baltimore, right? And yeah. uh, the only thing he he didn't do was he didn't get the nickname and he didn't get the colors. Yeah, uh, so, which actually, as it turned out, was a, turned out to be a big deal. Because of course, when you know the Rams have moved, the Cardinals have moved, you know, historic franchises have moved, and the colors, the logo, the nickname have has gone with them. Um, when uh, when the when the Browns when Modell moved the Browns to Baltimore, he didn't get to keep any of those things. And, of course, the Cleveland Browns ultimately did come back to existence. Uh, Probably won't keep you much longer. We've got uh, your good friend Leo coming up shortly. Uh, Naz, I'll turn over to you, and then I'll take over for the last question comment for Bob. Go ahead. Bob, Bob, I have a CFL question. The the Argos signed Andrew Harris this week, top running back, one of the best Canadian running backs of all time, and no publicity on it. What's happening with the Argos, and what's their future? Well, that's impossible to answer. Um, the fact of the matter is, and I think you're alluding to it, is that there is negligible interest in the Canadian Football League in um, in Toronto. And, um, look, I've been around this league and a fan of the league for a lawful long time, but I do not know what the answer is. Um, you know, back in the day, I was involved in conversations with the then commissioner of the Canadian Football League looking for answers like, you know, how do you turn the thing around in Toronto? How do you create some level of interest? You know, uh, when uh, when McNall and Candy and Gretzky bought the team, I was at that the first couple of games that year. I think it probably went to every game that year. I saw 40,000 people that first game. I thought it was one of the great parties, great events in sports that I'd witnessed. And I bet everybody that week two, you better get your tickets because they're going to be 55,000 for week two. And the attendance went down in the second week. And, you know, these kinds of stories have, have gone on for decades. It's not, this is not a last few years. Um, it'd be wrong to look at it that way. It's been this way almost, you know, I would say that the most significant event pertaining to the Canadian Football League in Toronto was 1977 and the arrival of the Toronto Blue Jays. And it was from that moment on that the Argos, the interest in the Argos started to wane. And uh, 
I know there's a quote, Leo Cahill allegedly was under the stands having a meeting with his, his football guys when the first game baseball game in Toronto took place in 1977 and said, guys, it's never going to be the same here again. And, you know, back then they used to get 33000 for every game sold out every weekend. And, uh, and those days are now long gone. Um, I honestly don't know how you, you bring it back or if you can. Bob, I'm sure you'll be familiar with this saying. Uh, you're, some of the things you uh, said on, on prime time have, have survived, and uh, they remind me of you, and this one is apropos right now. Bob, time is our enemy. Let you put that into the sporting uh, sport uh, context, broadcasting context. Time is our enemy, Bob. We do want to thank you. Uh, we really appreciate the time you've taken with us this morning, and uh, we wish you all the best. Sirius, Channel 167, 6 p.m. every night, and the Bob McCowan Podcast. Check it out. Uh, Thank you, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Bob McCowan. Uh, Naz, before we go to break, uh, really, really quickly, um, just want to say uh, we've got Leo Routens coming on, Mr. Basketball Canada, and the uh, Raptors have been on a bit of a roll, so... Uh, Let's, uh, let's talk some basketball. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked, Do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A large thin crust is just $16.99. One bite and you'll say, Lew, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. We all value our sporting heroes. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. 
the need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cortellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevon.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. As usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us, TSN basketball analyst. And I called him Mr. Basketball Canada, the good friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Our good friend, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you this morning? Uh, good morning, guys. How's everybody? I'm great. It's uh, As I'm sure you're aware, Leo, uh, uh, it's pretty cold up here today. Uh, so uh, we are taking advantage of the indoors for this morning. We will go out for a walk this afternoon. Leo, how are you these days? I can't complain. Uh, fortunately, I'm able to stay out of the cold <laughs> more than I'm in the cold. So uh, as long as that continues, I'm a happy cowboy. Yeah, we make uh, you're making us jelly, uh, jelly, jealous. You know. uh, listen, we haven't talked much basketball on the show uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, we've you know, been excited about the Canadian men's soccer team. We've you know spent a lot of time talking about them, and while we've been talking about the Canadian men's soccer team, the Raptors have been gone on a roll, eight game winning streak, firmly entrenched in a playoff position, uh, playing well. Uh, you know, Van Vliet's an all-star. Siakam's playing like an MVP. Nick Nurse is doing an incredible job as the coach. Uh, Scotty Barnes is coming along and all the rest of the cast. Uh, pretty impressive run by the Raptors, Leo. What's going on? Bring us up to speed. Well, pretty simple. They, they're healthy, right? Uh, you know, from the start of the season, uh, it's, been a, it's been a long journey getting guys in the lineup, keeping them in the lineup between you know, injuries, uh, rehab, uh, health and safety protocols, you name it. Uh, it's just been kind of a grind. So for the Raptors, uh, you know, everybody was just waiting to see what kind of team they have, what, what exactly uh, is the situation. Uh, but the only way to find that out is to, to get all the bodies out there. So now you're seeing, as a healthy team, this team is pretty good. Uh, you know they they have a lot of different weapons. Uh, they have a lot of they, uh, a lot of a lot of talent. Uh, they can come at you a lot of different ways. The only thing question now is arguably their depth. Um, you know can you know can can everything be sustained as is? But uh, at the same time, it's a fun team to watch. They're a very unique team in how they how they choose to play. Uh, and the success is coming now with uh, with the healthy bodies. The success is coming, so hopefully that's going to continue. Next, Leo, there is a possible matchup. I was checking today the standings. And Miami could play the Raptors in the first round. Wouldn't that be a great series? Oh, it'd be a great series because Leo could be in Miami. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, hey, you know what? There's a uh, here's the thing. When you look at the to me, when you look at the Eastern Conference. Uh, nobody scares me, right? Nobody, you, you're not looking at anybody and saying, man, you know, there's no way you can beat these guys. Uh, so, you know, to me, it, you know, if you're playing your best ball, you're healthy, uh, there's an opportunity. There's a, there's a definite opportunity to have some success. So, you know, I'm thinking that 
you know, if it ends up being a team like Miami, uh, it'd be fantastic. Obviously, the fan appeal of a series like that, uh, and at the same time, as good as Miami is, uh, they're a team I think the Raptors can match up with well and potentially beat in, in that situation. So, uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, uh, I, I look forward to you know a lot of different potential matchups again if the Raptors could just keep themselves in that position, um, in a strong playoff position, and avoid the playing. Uh, Raptors actually lost last night by one point. They had the game in their hands in the last five seconds of the game, and the only thing that uh, the only thing that stopped them was the was the NBA's MVP, who uh, an all world block right at the right at the end of the game. Game the Raptors could have won. Um, Scotty Barnes, uh, Leo, I want to I want to ask you about uh, how his season is coming along. Uh, he's the Raptors rookie. He's obviously uh, an incredible talent. Uh, physical specimen uh, package in a, in a lot of different ways. How is he? Pro- how's his game progressing, Leo? Uh, he, he's been great. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of people that you know question the Raptors selecting him, uh, doubted you know his, his abilities to step into the league. And if you look at the Raptors, they just they had a lot of confidence. They're scouting uh, and and their research and and ability to project on players is, is impeccable. And once again, they hit they hit they hit it right on the head with Scotty. I mean, Scotty's a fits in perfectly. He's a two way player. Uh, he can defend virtually any position on the floor. At the same time, uh, he's he's becoming more of a scorer. And what I really like, he's a little bit of a throwback. Uh, you don't see a lot of players in today's game that try to take players down low and post them up and and use their size and their skill uh, to their advantage. Uh, where he does, he's actually become very very good at it. And uh, and I said he's a, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a great teammate. He brings a lot of energy. He's always uh, always talking, always always moving, always trying to get everybody else going. And for a rookie uh, to take on that responsibility is pretty impressive. So um, I think the Raptors got a good one. I think uh, fans are appreciating uh, what they're seeing with him, uh, and, I, and it's just going to get better because he's still he's still trying to figure it all out, right? So uh, there's still going to be a lot more uh, for fans to appreciate with his game. Yes. Andrew Wiggins was highly touted when he came into the NBA but didn't have much success with Minnesota. He goes to Golden State and becomes a first-team All-Star. What are are your thoughts on that? Well, I I disagree with the fact that he hasn't had much success. If you look at his career numbers, he's had a a great career. Uh, You know, a lot of times with the NBA, it's it's about being in the right situation. Well, not just the NBA, any sport, right? You've got to be in the right situation um, to, to, to reach your potential. Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, – there's a lot of guys are, are not even in the NBA uh, because they were not in a good situation. And I think just looking right now, look at the Toronto situation and look at, uh, look at Gary Trent Jr. Here's a guy that uh, nobody, nobody other than potentially the Raptors management – saw what he could possibly bring to the table with the Raptors. Uh, when he was at Portland, he wasn't getting the opportunities to show anywhere near what he's able to show now as a Toronto Raptor. So sometimes it's about just being in that right situation where people believe in you, people are going to put you in that position to succeed, uh, and then you have that opportunity to thrive. And if you look at Andrew Wiggins, I'll tell you what, there's a few teams that, as a player, if I could pick to play on, there would be no question I'd want to play on that team. And Golden State is one of those teams. Uh, the ball moves, the way they play, the unselfishness, uh, the speed, uh, the, the, the joy, honestly, the joy that they play the game with. 
is is unparalleled. So uh, for Andrew Wiggins, he's an athlete. He gets up and down the floor. He's become a much improved shooter. Uh, he's a tremendous defender. Uh, he's a perfect fit for that team. And when you look at uh, what he's doing right now, I'm not surprised. It's 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 a guy with a, a load of talent that is now in a position where he can shine. And and that's all anybody asks, man. If you can put yourself in those positions or, or be put in those positions, your life can change overnight, and it has for Andrew. Yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt having Steve Kerr as your coach either. And on, on uh, and he's obviously, Kerr uh, sees what he has and is, is, is getting the best out of, of Wiggins, and that's what a good coach does. And talking about good coaches, uh, Nick Nurse, let's focus. Let's focus back home here. Um, you know, certainly, you know, if the Raptors keep this going, he certainly should be in discussion for Coach of the Year. I mean, he's, you know, no, I mean, there, not a lot of people were picking this Raptors team to finish in the playoffs, um, and he's made All Stars. I mean, he hasn't made All Stars, but he's bringing the best out of. You know, Van Vliet, he's getting the best out of Siakam now and the rest of the bench. And interesting thing about Nick Nurse I read about this morning, Leon, I'd like you to comment on. Um, he's actually going to the All-Star game this weekend, not because he's there in any official capacity, because he's going there uh, when they uh, when they quoted him. He's going there to support the Raptors players that are there. Uh, Van Vliet, uh, Scotty Barnes, Precious Ochawa, he just goes and uh, he's going there just to support them because he knows it's important to them and some of the players have commented that it means the world to them to have their coach come um i'd like you to comment on that uh, the job that nick nurse is doing and uh, seemingly the uh, the the respect his players have for him well you know here's the thing you know nick's nick's a great coach and we saw that you know uh in the championship run and yeah, I think a lot of you know he's a guy that you know honestly should be in the in a you know consideration for coach of the year every year. Uh, people don't take notice uh, unless spectacular things happen. And you look at this season. I mean, just to get through, just to get through the initial part of the season where you can be in a position when you get bodies back where you're still in contention. Uh, that was a challenge. That was a difficult thing. Uh, he had to he had to mix and match and, he, and he's got a great feel for the game for his players and um, and he's afraid, he's never afraid to think out of the box he'll do things that uh, are totally contrary or totally uh, you know unheard of in, in today's game or, or within the coaching protocols because you just don't do that kind of thing uh, well he'll do it he'll do something from high school he'll do something from college he'll do something from Europe he'll he'll try anything uh, and I love that. Uh, you know, he's he's free, and uh, and and I think his players really respect his one is his basketball IQ. They respect the way he thinks the game. Uh, obviously, when you if you're going to win, you got to communicate, and he's a great communicator. Uh, I think his players trust him, and that's a big thing. Uh, and and you know, Nick gets the best out of his guys. How many guys uh, have come here uh, and, or have breakout seasons and? Uh, or, 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 or thrived under his coaching, uh, just about everybody. Uh, so you know, that that tells you a lot about who he is, and the fact that he's going to support these guys. I mean, that's that's Nick, right? That's what he does. He's gonna uh, he's not, he's not your he's not your everyday guy. He's gonna take his guitar. He's gonna go down there, support those guys, probably find a great piano bar with a great musician and join in with them and and and, and play some tunes and 
uh, he's just he's a different cat. And, uh, you know, Masai called him kind of a mad scientist. I, I, I've been saying that for years. I mean, you could put you could put the craziest scenario in front of him, and he kind of rubs his hands together and goes, yeah, okay, I can do this. Whereas a lot of coaches, you know, they're so regimented. They're so they want things, you know, in order. Uh, they lose their minds when those situations happen. For Nick, it's just, a, it's just another challenge. So uh, I have a great deal of respect for him. Ness? James Harden for Ben Simmons. Your comments on the trade and do either player fit on on their team? Well, I'm not a, you know, I respect James Harden's talent. Uh, he's a tremendous talent, uh, a rare talent, uh, but I wouldn't want to play with him and I wouldn't want to bring him to my team. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of bailed on two teams now, almost in identical fashion. Uh, and uh, it's just not somebody I want. He's also a guy that uh, throughout his career, and you go back to his college days, uh, he shrinks in the postseason. Uh, and that's not what great players do. So the fact that, you know, you can't trust him when it matters and you can't trust him to stay in your team and be a leader, uh, as soon as it gets a little difficult or a little challenging, he wants to be somewhere else. So if that's what you want, great. Uh, but not for me. And, you know, I think it's a good move. I mean, Daryl Morey, uh, the GM of the Sixers, was asking for the world for Ben Simmons. And then he turns around and gives away the world for James Harden. So for the Nets, the Nets got a great player. Uh, there's a lot of criticism to, uh, towards Simmons, some of, you know, some of it rightfully so. But uh, he's, a, he's a tremendous talent. And his weaknesses will not be exposed with the Nets. Because he doesn't he doesn't shoot the ball that well, and with that team he doesn't have to shoot a lot. You know, with Kyrie Irving and, and, and Kevin Durant, he doesn't have to shoot a lot. He's a great he's a great facilitator. He can still score at the basket, and he can defend any position on the floor. So to, for the Nets, it's a great deal. They also picked up some other players that are really going to give them depth uh, and make them a better team. For Philadelphia, now you've got a guy like Embiid who's having this great season. Uh, and now, you know, James Harden can't play without the basketball. James Harden needs the ball in his hands. Uh, and you've taken away a shooter and Seth Curry out of that lineup that, that opens up the floor. Uh, you know, a player like Tobias Harris needs the ball in his hands. Uh, so it's going to be it, – now you're going to have to figure out how to, how to juggle all that. Uh, and, and, you, and quite frankly, as great a season as Embiid is having, uh, he's underperformed in the postseason. And I mentioned James Harden has been an underperformer in the postseason. So – what are you going to get down the stretch? That's going to be interesting to see. So uh, I, I like what the Nets did in that trade. Uh, Leo, we're heading towards uh, All-Star Weekend. Uh, it's a big All-Star Weekend, 75th anniversary of the NBA. Um, interestingly enough, November 1st, 1946, uh, a, 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 a trivial fact that a lot of people aren't aware of, especially perhaps in the United States, the first NBA game was played in Toronto. It was the Toronto Huskies against the New York Knicks. It'll be interesting to see if the NBA uh, honors that original game in Toronto. I'd love to see some recognition of it, uh, even if it's a small recognition. But on the 75th anniversary, Leo, I don't know if you've been following in the athletic. They're trying to count down the top 75 NBA players of all time. And it's always, it's, and they've had an all star panel trying to put it together down to number five now when it's pretty clear who the last five are going to be uh bill russell magic johnson 
Kareem, LeBron, and Jordan. They are the they are the top five. They will be voted the top five by this distinguished panel. Uh, and we always get down. It's always seems to become obvious that the debate now is who's the greatest of all time. Always seems to come down to uh, Michael and LeBron. And it's sort of the same in hockey between Wayne and Bobby. Where do you fall on that spectrum, Leo? You've uh, you've seen them both play in the prime of their careers. They've both achieved beyond what any player could possibly achieve. Uh, if you had a vote, who would be your number one, Leo? Would it be Michael or LeBron? Uh, I, I take Michael. Uh, Michael's the greatest player I've ever seen. Uh, but you know, here's here's the issue, uh, Wally. That. You know, when you look, uh, it's very difficult to pick a top 75. It's very difficult to pick the best player ever. It's very difficult when you're changing eras. And, you know, Wayne Embry, who I respect a great deal, you know, Raptors uh, uh, consultant, and, 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 you know, he's an NBA historian, and, he, and he's, a, he's a history maker. Uh, he'll tell you that Oscar Robertson is the greatest yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't, I can't have a discussion with Wayne and dispute that because I really never sat and watched Oscar Robertson play every day. So I couldn't do that. Now, I've, I've watched Jordan. I've watched LeBron. Uh, and not taking anything away from LeBron, I think Michael Jordan, uh, in my generation, is the greatest player I've ever seen. So, but again, unless you have the perspective to go back 75 years and watch every single one of these players day in and day out, you can't, you can't do it. And and different eras involve different styles and and and, and a lot of different uh, aspects to it that you know some people say well okay LeBron he couldn't play in the in, in the eighties because it was too physical if LeBron was in the eighties and he was nurtured and taught and grew up in that game he'd be a star in that game no different than today's game um, and and you know some of the players that were in the eighties and played in that physical brand of basketball I think it would be terrifying if they were in today's game, with the numbers that they could be putting up. Like a Jordan in today's game would be averaging 50 a game to me. Uh, he'd be, you know, you could, if you couldn't physically uh, hit him and hold him and grab him, you have no way of possibly touching him and stopping him. So, you know, there's, there's so many different things that, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of stay out of those conversations because of that, because uh, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's almost impossible to do, but I get it. It's all marketing. It's all... Uh, conversations and people want to do it, but uh, in a nutshell, Michael Jordan's the greatest player I, I've ever seen. Uh, uh, I'm firmly with you. For me, Michael and Bobby Orr are the, the two pinnacles of their sports. Leo, we don't have much time left. Uh, really, really quickly, we had McCallum on the show earlier, so time is our enemy. Uh, Cincinnati or LA today? Which one, Leo? You know what? I can't even answer that question. Ollie. I didn't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the football this year. I just, for some reason, it hasn't hasn't uh, interested me. So I'm going to take a take a pass on this one. <laughs> okay, then we'll 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 let you go, Leo. You know how much we appreciate you taking the time for us and sharing your basketball insights, and more importantly, your basketball passion. Uh, we thank you so much and uh, have have uh, have a great day today. We appreciate it, Leo. All right, always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Leo Routens, Mr. Basketball Canada. Naz, uh, we've probably got about 20 seconds left. Uh, on, uh, I don't know if you managed to watch the golf yesterday. If you're a golf fan out there, the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale. <laughs> Did you see that, Naz? No, I didn't see it. What happened? Oh, 
a guy got a hole in one, and the crowd went absolutely nuts. There were beer cans. There's a shower of beer. It took them twenty. It was like somebody. It's like they took them twenty minutes to clear off all the beer cans from the green. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in a golf match. It's one of, one of the one of the most impressive spectacles I've ever seen. Anyways, unfortunately, Naz, we're out of time. I always give you the last word. Thirty-eight twenty-one Ram. Thirty-eight twenty-one Rams. Uh, that's a pretty good one. Thirty-one seventeen Rams. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Enjoy the Super Bowl if you're a football fan. Be safe, and uh, we'll chat with you again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.